This is Dave Doggett, and you're listening to the Maritime Outdoorsman Podcast, Episode 6. Hey there, thanks for joining me for another episode. And in the last show, uh, Episode 5... Um, I was talking with Catherine Maroon uh, about Lyme disease and ticks, and uh, we talked with her and listened to some of the struggles that she's having battling Lyme disease. Um, and the episode, you know, was a big hit. I mean, we had uh, a lot of people listen to it. They're still continuing to listen to it, and um, it's by far, um, to date, our most listened to episode. And I've had a lot of requests. From people who want sort of a follow-up done on more of the prevention of uh, of running into ticks and Lyme disease and that sort of thing. So, so what I did was um, I tracked down uh, Vet Lloyd, who is with Mount Allison University in New Brunswick, and she has a bit of a, a unique spin on the uh, whole situation as well. Uh, so I'm going to get her on the line here in a minute, and we'll hear what she has to say, and hopefully we can all learn a little bit more about Lyme disease, uh, ticks in our region, and how we can possibly prevent um, a nasty encounter with them and even contracting Lyme disease. And and if you do get bit by a tick, you know, what do you do? Uh, what's the next step? Um, you know, obviously just sitting around in, in a panic isn't going to help matters. So so what's the average person to do um, should you get bit by a tick? So so I'm going to get uh, Vet on the line here, and we'll see what she has to say. Okay, um, I've got uh, Vet Lloyd on the line with us today, and, and thanks for joining uh, me today, Vet, and uh, taking part in this sort of follow-up issue to the uh, ticks and Lyme disease um, podcast that we recently had with Catherine Maroon. Okay, uh, pleasure, uh, sort of, except <laughs> about Lyme disease. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so maybe before we get uh, you know right into it, you can tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself, and uh, uh, and then we can we can kind of uh, see see what we can we can do to possibly help prevent contracting this terrible illness. Yeah, well, that's pretty important. Uh, really, the best approach is not to get it because getting diagnosed and treated for it once you do have it is a pretty miserable affair. Yeah. Um, so I got involved. Uh, so I'm, I'm a biologist at Mount Allison University. Uh, what I work on is cancer biology, which was my life's work. And then I got involved in Lyme disease research, and it was pretty much by chance. It was because I was in my garden one day and I got bitten by a tick. Mm. And I phoned up the 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 health, public health number, the 811, and asked, you know, is, is Lyme disease an issue? I didn't know anything about it, but I'd sort of vaguely heard that tick bites are not good. Right. And got the word, no, no, don't worry, there's no Lyme disease in New Brunswick. So I said, <laughs> not a problem. Um it went to the hospital, got more or less the same information. Um, well, it turns out that was not the right advice. Uh, about a month later, all of a sudden, I couldn't walk properly because all my joints were just like they were on fire. 
And a month after, and I went back to the hospital and said, look, are you sure about this Lyme disease thing? And they said, no, no, you're just old. <laughs> I did sort of wonder how I managed to get old between a Wednesday and a Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Well, a month after that, I was pretty much half paralyzed, skyrocketing fever, uh, rashes all over my body, at which point I refused to believe that there was nothing wrong and started antibiotic treatment. Mm-hmm. So I've been on antibiotics for a bit over a year now. I'm mostly better, but I think as Catherine said, um, it's once it's established in your body, it's going to be a lifelong chronic condition, which means that the best way to avoid dealing with lifelong health issues is not to get it in the first place. Right, right. So after I got sick, I realized that people need to know an awful lot more about Lyme disease. We know it's present in the Maritimes, but there just isn't enough awareness to keep people protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, since since I did that episode with Catherine, I, I've i just been sort of overwhelmed with... Uh, with you know, I mean, it's been no question our most popular episode so far. So there's obviously a lot of concern and a lot of interest in this. And I, I actually, you know, in, in contacting you, I, I wasn't aware that you uh, had been bit and you know possibly contracted uh, Lyme Lyme disease yourself. So that's that's kind of interesting in itself. So you you yourself, you're feeling quite a bit better. And, and so what was the time frame from when you got bit to the time when you started antibiotics? Uh, it was for me, it was quick and I'm, it was only a couple months and I'm very, very lucky because mm. I work in a university, I work with people who are fairly well educated about it. Right. The people I talk to in the community, they've spent years, sometimes five years, sometimes 10 years, sometimes the mm. last lady I talked to, it's 18 years that she's been going doctor to doctor saying something's wrong. I'm sick. This isn't mm. right. Mm-hmm. And getting a whole slew of diagnoses that just don't aren't helpful so i we'll get into the the prevention here in a little bit but i'm curious um where you are uh you know with the university and you're 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 kind of saturated in this stuff now so what how why is it that why is it that i mean we've got all kinds of these uh ticks that can potentially infect us here in the maritime so why is there so little known in the medical uh, profession about diagnosing and, uh, you know, and, and what to do about this? Um, there are a couple of reasons for that. Um, we have a lot of ticks. We have always had a lot of ticks. And so having ticks is not un- new, mm-hmm. but the type of ticks we have is different. Uh, the ticks that we're starting to see now are the ones that transmit the disease most are the black leg ticks. Right. They used to be called deer ticks, but they, they eat anything. So that was a mm-hmm. silver name. They are happiest where it's warm and they really hate the traditional New Brunswick winter. Okay. So yeah. we haven't had a big problem with them, except you'll probably have noticed and all your listeners will have noticed it's every winter. It's not as cold as the winter before, um, which I personally don't mind. Uh, but the ticks really love them. So they're not dying off in the winter. And we're getting a spread of the southern ticks, the black leg ticks. So their their domain, their territory is spreading north. Mm-hmm. So we have more of the ticks that transmit diseases. And they're beating up the traditional New Brunswick ticks, which, disgusting as they look, the mo- we had moose ticks and groundhog ticks. Mm-hmm. 
they're revolting to look at, but they didn't transmit disease that effectively. So we've got more dangerous ticks. And one problem is that, so it's an emerging disease. Our doctors are just not used to thinking about Lyme disease. That's one problem. So it's a new thing. The other Lyme disease in this area is new-ish. The other problem is that we don't have a good blood test for it. Mm-hmm. The blood test that is out there is, and Catherine touched on this, it, it's as close to useless as you can get. But you go to your family doctor, they do the blood test, it comes back negative, and if someone's not familiar with the test, they'll say, look, it's negative, you don't have Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. And all that really means is that Lyme disease was not detected you can still have it. So how, uh, I know in Catherine's case, she tracked down this uh, resource, and I've got a link for that in the last episode, where she was able to request a, a certain kind of test from, and, and her doctor took a blood sample, and you know, through one way or another, they ended up finding out that she had it. So how does the average person in the Maritimes actually find out if they have this? Um, pretty much you do that. Um, a lot of people are, you know, self, self-diagnosing, self which sounds like we're mm-hmm. wackos, but you go to the internet, which has got a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Uh, CanLime is a Canadian-wide Lyme advocacy group, and they've got a huge amount of useful information. Mm-hmm. So people find that. They find out how to get their blood tested in the States. It'll cost you. It's several hundred dollars, mm-hmm. but it gives you an answer. Mm-hmm. Um so you can get your blood drawn drawn here and shipped to the States. Then they send you back the assessment. Mm-hmm. And if that comes back positive, then the next thing you have to worry about is finding someone who will treat you. Right. So that's a whole other kettle of fish. And so you, yep. you, were, you were able to find someone here in the Maritimes? Uh, initially, yes. But the one physician who treated Lyme disease uh, has since retired. Mm-hmm. Um, so treatment for Lyme disease in Canada, there are a couple doctors in Western Canada who will treat, treat it, but there's no one in the Maritimes now. That's amazing. So I fly out to Alberta every three months. What? Yeah. Really? Uh, the other thing people do is, uh, they go down to the States for treatment. Uh, there are a number of doctors in New York state who a lot of Maritimers go to. So... Is this is there some kind of legal uh, issue that's preventing more doctors from jumping onto this? Because I would think if you were a doctor here in the Maritimes and you specialized in this sort of thing, you'd you'd be kept quite busy and you'd have a pretty good pretty good gig going on. I mean, it's pretty ter- pretty terrible condition. But um, is there something preventing doctors from doing that? Um, well, I don't know that a lot of doctors are really looking for more patients. No, no. Uh, I think there, there's a problem with expertise. Mm-hmm. Mostly people will end up at their family doctor, and their family doctor may not be uh, comfortable diagnosing it based on clinical symptoms. Mm-hmm. They go to the blood test, which isn't very good. They go to the specialists who are overwhelmed and mm-hmm. may or may not be up on Lyme disease either. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people are essentially shunted from specialist to specialist and aren't getting the help they need. I guess what I meant, I should have clarified. I, I, I'm kind of surprised that there aren't more graduating physicians, um, you know, sort of going into that field. Is, is it not something that's being taught in the universities? I, 
That's a good question. I, I don't know. And I, it's a really good question. You would think that people would be realizing it's an emerging disease in Canada. It's the fastest growing infectious disease. Um, it's a huge issue in Ontario. It's a huge issue in BC. The Definitely the Maritimes and the Prairie Provinces, not to be left out, are busy catching up. So there, there's certainly already a lot of people desperately sick with Lyme disease trying to get treated. They're mm-hmm. going to be more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may just be a catching up game. Okay. Well, hopefully that's something that, you know, changes in the next few years because it, it, it sounds, I mean, it's one thing to be bitten by one of these, you know, nasty insects, but to think that, you know, just finding out if you have it could take a very long time and that's valuable time because if you're not getting treated, then obviously your, your prognosis is a lot worse. Yeah, uh, because the whole time you're not being treated, there is damage to your body. Mm-hmm. And it's reparable to some extent. I haven't talked to anyone who hasn't benefited from treatment, but when you've been sick for a while, they stop talking about things like a cure. And mm-hmm. uh, in Catherine's case, in my case, uh, they start we're using terms like management, which okay. is scary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I guess we'll stop beating that dead horse a little okay. bit until until next until we you know get some more info that maybe there's some progress. But um, what? Um, so let's talk about prevention. So what? What are I mean other than you know not not running through a, a tick infested area that you know exists with uh, shorts on? What what can you do? What can the average person who enjoys the outdoors sort of take as a precaution to try and avoid getting bit by one of these ticks? Okay. Um, well, I mean, stay, staying inside is just not the answer. No. Because we live in a beautiful part of the world. We should be out there enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So you will get bitten by ticks. Not every tick is infected. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes the tick a certain amount of time. Well, the longer the tick is feeding on you, the greater the risk of Mm. disease transmission. There is no safe time. Uh, A lot of the websites say, oh, you've got a free day at the beginning. That's not true. Okay. Um, But your risk of infection increases the longer the tick's on you. Mm -hmm. So uh, things like uh, don't wear shorts when running through the bush. I mean, the fact you don't want to end up with your legs scratched to smithereens is probably a good clue there, Mm -hmm. too. Mm Mm-hmm. So wear long sleeves, wear long pants. Um, I've had really good success with rubber boots. A lot of people have told me that for some reason ticks just hate rubber boots. Okay. Um, so good long rubber boots are nice. Um, tuck your pants in. The probably most important thing is you come in at the end of the day, check yourself, and strip yourself down, look at yourself in a mirror. It may, depending on what you look like, it may be a nasty shock. <laughs> Uh, you want to make sure that there's nothing embedded in you. And mm-hmm. you don't feel a tick bite because they inject an anesthetic. Mm-hmm. So you got to watch for it. And then when you see it, um, take it out as best you can with tweezers. But make sure you get the head out because if you take out the tick but not the head, the head can keep injecting the bacteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know Catherine mentioned something about possibly not even trying to take it out yourself is that an can, can you she she mentioned uh you know going to a, a doctor or a hospital and and telling them to 
you know, give a, an anesthetic or some kind of freezing under where the tick is. Is that is that realistic or are you going to get looked at funny when you go to the hospital and ask for that? Depends how close you are to a hospital and which hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, in areas where they're used to ticks, they're used to people coming in with ticks. Mm-hmm. Um, in some, but some hospitals, they're just going to, you know, yank yeah. for use. In which case, you might have saved yourself two hours in the waiting room by taking it out yourself. Right. Okay. It's a good idea to go to the to your doctor afterwards and make sure that you got all of it out of your body. It's a really good idea to keep the tick, and you can send the tick in to have the tick tested, and that's really the, your best bet for finding out if you're at risk of the disease. Where does the tick go, and wh- like, where do you send it? Uh, well, you've got a couple choices. Uh, choice one is, it, the, in some places, the hospital will send it to Canada's National Microbiology Lab uh, in Winnipeg, and they'll get it tested. But you don't get the test results back quickly enough to know if you need treatment right right off. So you have to go ahead with treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, the other possibility is you take it to your veterinarian. And if you're in, if you're in New Brunswick, it usually ends up with me. If in, you're in Nova Scotia, I'm not quite sure what happens actually. So you you yourself actually do test ticks for Lyme disease. Yes, so it's, it's that was I'm a geneticist. I worry about genes and DNA. So. Sure. Um, one of the things I started doing is testing ticks to see how many ticks were infected, what they were infected with, and if we've got the same diseases that the ticks elsewhere have. Okay. So in the, in the process, if people send me ticks, I'll send them back an answer. Yes, it was infected. No, it wasn't. So, and I mean, it's probably a hard question, but what kind of turnaround are people looking at for that? I mean, if you're if you don't have any symptoms and you're somehow unable to get antibiotics prescribed because you don't have any symptoms, like what what are people up against there if they send a tick in to someone like you? Um, I do my best. If I get a note that it came from a person, we prioritize them. And if it's in the fall where we're getting we we're getting hundreds of ticks a month in the fall. Uh, and we were overwhelmed and it really slowed down. If you're lucky enough to be bitten in the spring, uh, we've got a faster turnaround, but it's still not really fast enough. Mm-hmm. You want to get antibiotics right away. Most physicians, if you insist, politely, but insist, mm-hmm. uh, will give you prophylactic antibiotics. They're easy to take unless you've got an antibiotic allergy. Um, and... I think Catherine used the term, it's better than playing Russian roulette. Yes, yeah. I can tell you from someone who has Lyme disease, yes. It re- you, don't, you don't want to play Russian roulette with this disease. Amazing. Um, so now are, is your lab or your facility one of the primary ones in the Maritimes, or, or are there other ones that, that I can direct people to as well? I don't know where it. Okay. Well, that's so that you've got the National Lab in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that they're uh, that's Public Health Agency of Canada. Mm-hmm. So they're doing the official testing, and if you go through a hospital, your tick will probably end up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're testing all the ticks in Canada. It's a lot of ticks. Okay, so they're able to test the ticks themselves for what kind of parasites and diseases they carry but they're not allowed or not able to test blood um they they you it's not a matter of allowed 
very difficult to detect Lyme disease, detect the bacteria in people, and it's okay. just a matter of volume. Okay. A tick is a fairly small thing, right. and there's a lot of bacteria. So finding a few bacteria in a small volume is just is possible. Okay. Just it's at the limit of what we can do technically. But if someone gives me a person, there's just too much space there and not enough bacteria, and we can't find them. Okay, that makes sense. Um, okay, so other than uh, like I know where I live in in sort of the southern portion of Nova Scotia, we've we've got a lot of ticks around here, and, and like sure. you, like you said, the environment where it's warmer down here that's that's going to make matters worse. Rubber boots might help deter them. Should people be spraying DEET, you know, all around? Because I know, you know, all we've heard the last 10, 15 years is, you know, stay away from DEET. It causes cancer, blah, blah, blah. Um, but in this case, is it a good uh, add-on deterrent? It's not a... Well, I mean, aside from I think I'll stop you getting eaten by mosquitoes. Right. Uh, spray it on your clothing rather than your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, however... DEET in the concentrations that are in products that you purchase in Canada is not going to be enough to deter a tick. Mm-hmm. It might slightly irritate them. So if you're out there with a buddy and your buddy hasn't sprayed DEET and you have, okay. the tick will probably prefer your buddy. <laughs> but if it's hungry, it's going to bite you regardless. Man, okay. Um... So DEET help, you know, it, it's... You know, I, I, I use deep, but for the mosquitoes more than anything else. Okay. So really the, the best line of defense other, you know, short of never going out in the great outdoors, which is, which is not realistic is to, you know, wear, wear some proper protective clothing and check yourself very carefully when you get home. So if you, if you find a tick, I know, I, I mean, I've had ticks on my clothing before. I've never had one that has been visibly, you know, embedded. I know my grandfather years ago, he had one that was extremely embedded in his back. And back then, I don't even think we knew the term Lyme disease. And I don't think that was ever a concern. And anyway, he's, he's uh, since passed. But um, what, so what, you know, if it's just on you crawling around, there's, there's no fear that it has already bitten you somewhere else? No. Um, so once once they bite, it's not like a mosquito where they come and go fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. If you leave them alone, they'll feed on you for about three days. So okay. you'll you should notice. Okay. Um, if it's just crawling on you, it's looking for a nice warm spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, take that bo- take it off you. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't at that point hurt to put it in a Ziploc baggie and bring it to your veterinarian for testing, mm-hmm. uh, or you can mail it directly to me. Okay. And and preferably dead when it gets to you. <laughs> Absolutely dead. Uh, for the sake of the people, the postal carriers and the people. Yes. That yeah. Dead. Uh, if you toss it in the freezer for a few days, it'll be dead. Okay. Okay. That's that's a good idea because I know the one that my we we got out of my grandfather. I, I think if I remember correctly, my father held a match or a lighter or something and it backed out. Is that is that even possible? Um, it's not a good idea. It's no. Certainly, it 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 will get the tick to go away because the tick is dying and it doesn't mm-hmm. like being burned. Mm-hmm. The problem is as they're dying, they squirt their the contents of their gut right into your body. Okay, okay. And now, that's the last thing you want. Yeah, maybe that wasn't what happened. But anyway, the, they got, the tick came out. It was, you know, it was all engorged. They put a, a pin through it on a piece of wood. And I think they, I think it lived for days. Yeah, they're, they're. Um, 
remarkable that way. It was kind of frightening. In a disgusting sort of way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, get it, get it off you. Even if it hasn't bitten you, maybe, uh, maybe it's worth sending in through, through a vet or to you, uh, a vet. Actually, that's kind of interesting, a vet and your name's vet, but anyway. Um, I my parents for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, and then, you know, if, so that would be for no other reason other than to know that this tick had carried Lyme disease and you don't necessarily have to get tested because you don't, you were never bit by it. That's right. But it tells us what ha- is happening with the ticks in that area. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's useful to know. Okay. Because if one tick's infected, um, there's a good chance another is. Is this something that is like Lyme disease? Is it spread from tick to tick? Uh, indirectly, yes. Uh, if a tick's infected, when it take it bites a mouse or a deer or a groundhog, what have you, it'll infect that animal. And then when another in, uninfected tick bites that animal, takes blood from it, the second tick will get infected. Okay. So does it also spread, let's say, you know, they bit a small rodent and then a uh, a, a large animal comes and eats that rodent? Is that... Is that predator going to have Lyme disease as well? Um, as far as we know, no. Okay. It's not spread by eating infected meat. Okay. Okay. There's right. a lot we don't know, though. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, I mean, obviously, if, if there's no doctor specializing in this around here, um, then, uh, yeah, there's still lots to learn. But it's good to know that there's people like you out there that, that are kind of, you know, doing everything you can and... Um, I'll definitely put uh, a link to your information in the show notes for this episode. And um, is there a- anything that we may have overlooked, or anything that else that you wanted to add? I think that's the basics. Just uh, when you've been, when you come in from the great outdoors, uh, check yourself over, check out your buddies, unless your buddies are really shy. Mm-hmm. Uh, throw your clothes in a dryer because the heat will kill the ticks, mm-hmm. so they don't crawl on you or in your, into your house from the clothes. Okay. Uh, your dogs can be treated with tick, uh, ticocidal products. That's not a bad idea. Okay. Uh, you can't put any of those on people because they're kind of nasty for people. Mm. Okay. So your pets can potentially be protected, um, and that will completely repel ticks, or it just no, kind of, no, it just discourages them. Okay. Ticks are pretty. I mean, as you said. Noticed with your grandfather's ticks. Ticks yeah. are pretty tough. Yeah, very, very. Okay. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today, and and uh, I look forward to, uh, well, not necessarily sending people to you because if that means we're doing that, it means people might have contracted the disease, but at least they can, uh, you know, get some information from uh, from contacting you and getting the tick studied and whatnot. So thanks for uh, thanks for chatting with me today and uh, we'll be in touch. You're welcome. Stay safe. Okay, thanks. Bye. So that was Vet Lloyd from Mount Allison University in New Brunswick. And I want to thank her for taking the time to speak with us today and share a bit more uh, about what we can do uh, here in the Maritimes and everywhere else, I guess, to possibly prevent contracting Lyme disease and, and you know being bit by ticks in the first place. So um, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, they can be found at maritimeoutdoorsmen.com slash 006. 
And uh, there'll be some information there and a link to find more information about VET. And obviously, if you have a tick that bit you and you want to send it to her directly, um, you'll be able to use that information accordingly. So thanks for listening to another episode, and I look forward to bringing you the next one. Have a great day.